Oh, oh, I must pick leave instead of stop recording. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hidden Among Us. I'm your host, Chris. And this is Honda. And welcome to episode 51. Honda, how's it been? Well, it's already Friday. Yeah, it's already Friday. Anyway, happy first week of July. Happy mm-hmm. first two days of July. <laughs> yes, second day of July. And like by the time we posted, happy youth today to every youth and to everyone who Love. thinks they're youth. What's happy about it? <laughs> What's happy about it? Oh my God. Okay, so the other day, my colleagues, okay, when I mean my colleagues, right? I mean, it's me, single. <laughs> mid-twenties my mid-twenties well I'm about to be my mid-twenties right about to be (laughs) I mean next you just you just turned 24 (laughs) you're really looking forward to your 25 okay refresh I was having a conversation with my colleagues me 24 one of my colleagues who is about to get married in August um and two other colleagues one who I think is around my age or might be slightly younger than me or older, I don't know. And then another one who is like 30. So we were having a conversation about like the future and how expensive it's going to be. So my what my colleague who is about to get married, just like explaining about how there is this like limited um amount in your CPF that you can take out so for now it's about like mm-hmm. 125k or whatever and it's just saying that for like in the future it's going to be about 300,000 so it's literally impossible to like withdraw any money and then we were just talking about built to order flats and how I mean there's a whole balloting system for it right but one of my colleagues right she she managed to get a BTO, mm, but nice. hers is only like ready in seven years. <laughs> oh, I wow. know. I was like, huh? <laughs> and then my other colleague who's like 30, she's trying to get a BTO, but she hasn't been successful. And I was just thinking like, wow. Is she getting like as a couple or like a single one? As a couple. Okay. Yeah. So she was like looking at all the different areas and then like evaluating. Because on top of finding a suitable flat, you also have to look at the amenities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, right now the, I guess the better thing for it or whatever it's called is closed. But mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. she's just expressing how difficult it is because she's she's done it about four or five times, and each time it's been unsuccessful. So, mm. um, we were like asking her, oh, you know, like did your boyfriend also do it? And she's like, yeah, my boyfriend also put his name in because apparently, if you keep applying for the same place, the chances of you getting a like a number is higher. Then if you search around different places, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's like a proven thing, but yeah, I was like, holy shit. 
the future is nearing. It's super expensive in Singapore. Yeah. So, like, what are we going to do? I mean, like, I read a comment about how there's this couple that, they're, I mean, they're fortunate enough where their income is, like, quite high. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's, like, an income limit yeah. for those who apply for BDO. So, they're yes. in the upper limit. But then, they always fail to get, and they're a young couple. Oh, and yeah. they fail to get BTO, but then they also don't have enough money for like a condo deposit. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> they're in like a very bad like middle place. It where is. they can't go up and they can't settle. They also can't get a public housing. Yeah. And like, I think that's the crappy part is the fact that even to get public housing and the whole point of public housing is it's accessible. Mm-hmm. Like you're supposed to be able to get public housing but then now it's like being treated as like a investment and not it really is. like a, or it like is. for profit. So it's not really treated as something, you know, as a house. Yes. So it's like, I'm just thinking about it because on my Instagram, I've been getting a lot of ads for built to order flats, like BTOs. <laughs> I've been getting a lot. It's it's always some real estate agent who's like, hey, look at this new up-and-coming place. And I'm like, okay, I've got no one to do it with. And it's so crappy. And like, the thing is, I've been telling my mom, I was like, I'm getting a lot of these ads. And my brothers be getting it too. And my mom's just like really unhappily saying, why do you want a BTO? Go for a condo. And I was like, okay, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I know it is like every Singaporean's dream to have a condo. I mean the five C's, Very right? Expensive. <laughs> yeah. What what are the five C's? Uh car, credit card, country condo, club. country club, and what's the last one? Cash. Cash? Is it cash? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. So um yeah, so she was like, go get a condo. And I was like, okay, listen. Who has the money for a condo? Yeah. It's because it's a really condo no in joke. Singapore is um, about a million dollars. I mean, HDBs are a million already, so I think yeah, private the, housing is worse. The difference between a HDB and a condo is the fact with HDBs, even though they are they may be expensive depending on the area, if it's a resale flat or like a new one, there are a lot of government grants. Like, as a Singapore citizen, when you apply for it, these grants are already applied to you. Mm-hmm. So you you pay it off. With and with a reasonable amount of money for condos, it's not like that. It's so expensive, and no one <sighs> is going to help you pay it off. So it's like you either. I mean, it's private. <laughs> I know, and like I also remember, like there was this once I got this random Instagram ad where it's like how it was. It was one of those workshoppy things, and it was basically oh, okay. how to become. A millionaire in your CPF, and I was like, okay. Oh, I think I, I saw like. Have you seen something like an, that before? An outside advertisement for it. Yeah, but see, the thing is, right? These kind of things, like to the middle class person, like you and me, it's almost impossible to become a millionaire in your CPF, <laughs> unless you do what stocks investing. I don't know. I mean, These kind of things don't apply to us. Yeah, precisely. And it's like, we don't have enough money to invest. And for example, like touch wood, like our investment venture like fails and we lose all the money. 
like with people who have a lot of income or super rich when they do it right their loss isn't so much because they still have additional like money left but for you and me it's and for like the common man like the middle class person like we can't do that we lose our money and it's like holy shit how are we going to get it back mm-hmm. so anyway um life is full of anxiety and I don't want to become an adult anymore. <laughs> it's going to be soon. It's going to be soon. Yay. Anyway, Honda, do you have a crime story to lift my mood? That is a very ironic statement. Yes. No, I think this one might be the lift last part. No, the last I'm... part of the story is quite tragic. Oh. Mm. I mean, it's a crime story. <laughs> How is the crime story not tragic? Like, other than, like, the obvious, like, victims, it's tragic. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> so this case is about the Wakayama poison curry case. <laughs> yes, I Chris. don't know why, but it just made me think about... So... On my Trace Together app, I got like an exposure alert. I was like, what? And it was because I walked by Monster Curry at oh, Ion Orchard. <laughs> like I walked by it and the, and the app was like, okay, exposure, exposure. And I was like, okay. Yeah, if you're in the same mall, you'll get the exposure. I know, but it's like, can you imagine if you were nowhere near the place? Yeah, it happened to me like two times. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Like you're like at the other end of the mall. At least they don't ask Nowhere. you to quarantine. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Can you imagine? They're like, you must be quarantined. And then you're like, uh, I was on the other end. Like, <laughs> all the way at, I don't know. What's on the other end of Ion? Typo. <laughs> Typo? Muji? I don't know. Hmm. Okay, Honda. Yeah. Tell me about the... It also kind of reminds me of... I know the sort of curry poisoning case so you know in Singapore there was that that's not poison though it's like human curry yeah human curry it's worse I know I don't know I just worse, but like human curry human curry okay 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 I won't I won't interrupt you anymore okay tell me the deets okay so this incident happened in Japan in summer of 1998 at the summer festival in the Sonobe district of Wakayama prefecture Okay. So on July 25th, 1998, during the evening, a poison was mixed in with the curry that was given out at the festival. 67 people had the curry and were brought to the hospital for acute arsenic poisoning. Holy and shit. out of the 67, four had died. <gasps> mm. oh, and out shit. of the four, two were adults and two were children. Oh no. Mm, I know it. Yeah, so those who ate the curry reported having stomach ache and wanting to vomit. And a person who noticed the the odd behavior of so many shouted, Stop the curry to the festival staff. Oh, someone actually noticed that something mm. was going on. Was it like an immediate reaction? I would assume that if you took a few bites, the arsenic would have started affecting your body though yeah but like if they're eating at like different times it's hard oh yeah okay yeah true 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 but i guess like 
I was just going to say, like, symptoms like vomiting and stomach aches, it's, like, I guess regular food poisoning kind of symptoms. Mm. But I guess when I it's, thought, like, I guess when you see more and more people, like, acting weird, there's, like, a mm, paranoia. Mm. Do you remember the episode of 911? Which one? <laughs> Lone Star, where, like, the oh, food Oh, the mercury poisoning. Mm. Oh, that one is crazy though. Because like, they really acted crazy. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, the lady threw herself off the floor. like she... And scratching herself with a knife, uh, fork. Yeah, okay, that one was madness. Okay. Yeah, so when so when the person shouted stop the curry, the giving out of the curry was then stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luckily, the person was there to say that. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> if not, the person was damn observant though. Like, my ass would have completely just like looked over it and like continued on my way. <laughs> Maybe eat the curry as well. <laughs> Maybe eat the curry as well. <laughs> I'm like the first person in line and then like I don't understand. Oh my Definitely gosh. I would, I would be the person who would start showing symptoms and then I will tell you that I'm not feeling well and then you'll tell me to go see a doctor and I'll be like, no la, it's nothing. It's not there's no problem here. Maybe, maybe tomorrow. Then I just never go and then I'll die. <laughs> so the Wakayama prefecture police did suspect that it was mass poisoning at the start. And they investigated like the containers that contained the curry. And after the investigation, they detected cyanide from the leftover curry. Cyanide. Mm. Yeah. So Dude. I know. <laughs> yeah, with the detection of cyanide. How do people not just die? Sorry, I'm like cutting you off. But like, how do people just not just die on the spot? I guess because it was a big pot of curry, and she, the, on, the person oh. only put in like a bit, not a oh, bit, but like enough. Yeah, the ratio. Yeah, because I was thinking of like, for example, like Jonestown. They uh, died was... very quickly. But that one, they straight drink, right? Yeah, it was mixed in with the drink. Drink the with Kool-Aid. the. It wasn't Kool Aid. What was it called? Oh, that's a popular phrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the fake Kool Aid. Okay. Yeah. So after they detected the cyanide, then the police were convinced that it was an intent of mass murder by poisoning, and mm. then they created a task force for the incident. Mm. Yeah, so separate from this case, on October 4th, 1998, a woman by the name of Hayashi Masumi, who was 37 years old at the time, and her husband had been arrested for attempted murder and insurance fraud on an acquaintance. And the husband was a former termite exterminator, and these exterminators do have access to poisons. Mm, interesting, the plot thickens. Both of them prosecuted on the 25th. But then on the 26th, Masumi was arrested again for attempted murder. And then both husband and wife was arrested again for fraud and were additionally prosecuted on November 17th. You know what they say, like husband, like wife, a married couple, like partners in crime. Oh my God, I made that rhyme. Oh my God. (laughs) Am I a lyrical genius? I think I am. Okay, I'm quitting school to become a rapper. Goodbye. Uh-huh. You should make poems and then you like publish those aesthetic-looking <laughs> poem, poem books. I'll be the next Lang Leaf and Rupi Cobb 
and then people will get, make videos about my shitty poetry and send <laughs> me on YouTube. <laughs> so, but then on the 26th, wait, wait, no. Then on December 9th, mm-hmm. um, Masumi was arrested again for the murders, for the curry poisoning incident and attempted murders. This is like their fourth time getting arrested, right? Third. Third? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this couple like never learns. Yeah, but least... this one is this time it's the woman. Yeah, but the thing is like if you've been arrested several times before, at least I don't know, do something so you don't get arrested again. I don't know. Does she like does she like the police station? Does she like <laughs> being like carted away in a police car and like handcuffed to a table? I mean, she was arrested for like insurance fraud, so she likes money. That's her motive. I... Wow. Okay. Yeah, and she was prosecuted on the 29th for the curry poisoning case. Mm. So she was determined to be the culprit for three reasons. First being, the same type of poison used in the car incident was found in her home. Oh. Yes. Okay. Secondly, the poison was detected on her scalp, which indicates that she had been using the poison. Okay. You know how, like, you can detect drugs by your hair follicle? Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah, so I think that kind of testing. Oh. But I, I always assume that you have to, I guess, consume it or something for it. I guess if she's really go. exposed to it by a lot. Maybe. Because I think I've heard about this kind of thing in like already murdered victims. Mm-hmm. Not really in like an actual person. I've heard of like particles sticking to clothes and stuff, but not in their like hair follicles. I mean, that's how they drug test for athletes. Oh, through the hair follicles? They don't pee in a cup? I think there's several methods. Oh, I've only heard about the peeing in the cup thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know there were other methods. Okay, we all learned something new today. Yeah, so lastly, uh, on the day uh, itself, she had access to the pot that had the curry in it. And Mm -hmm. so because of her access, she was able to place the poison inside of it. Mm. And then there were witnesses who did actually see her suspiciously, suspiciously opening the lid of the pot. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Wait, but how did she have access to it though? I mean, I guess it was like an open area. Mm, like she was just there. Yeah. And she saw a pot of curry and she was like, you know what will make this tastier? <laughs> a little dash of cyanide. Special ingredient. Special ingredient. <laughs> Additionally, within a year before the incident took place, she she had been trying to claim insurance on multiple occasions by mixing the poison food. (laughs) However, because she was not caught back then, she was awarded the insurance money. Oh. Dang. Okay. At the trial, she actually pleaded innocent but was ultimately sentenced to death in 2002 by the Wakayama District Court. And she's currently still alive today. But she's still on death row. Yeah, she's on death row. I'm actually kind of shocked that she's 
this was awarded death row for this though. I guess it's like the, oh yeah, I guess it's the scale of the incident. Honestly, Japan hands out death sentences quite often. I think even this like the past month there were like two death sentences that I saw in the news. Oh. I mean, okay, I mean we've discussed about how Japanese laws are kind of whack. But wow, okay. I guess maybe it's because we've covered so many like American or Western crimes. I guess mm. we often associate like the benchmark for stuff uh-huh. be there. But like holy shit, like to me, I guess. And this is like my dumb brain processing it. It's the fact that there were only four casualties, right? Like, to me, this could be life, but not death row. And I guess because it wasn't a one, like, she had been a, she had other, like, criminal cases like, before that. Yeah, maybe, maybe that comes into play. I mean, it obviously did. But like, to me, I'm just like, wow, death row. Also for a woman. Oh, we'll get into that later. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, okay. It's also because death row is hardly ever afforded to women. I mean, there aren't much like female. Yes, criminals there's that also. That there's that very few. There's like super famous. I mean, or, like, off the top of your head. Off the top of your head. Can you list like very <laughs> no. high profile? Uh, female killers, I guess. No, <laughs> yeah, like I, I can't remember the name, even if there were kids. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, and as I said, like women committing violent crimes is quite rare. But I would also bring it up that the fact that she poisoned him, I mean, not poisoned him, poisoned people, is very like. I mean, okay, so women aren't expected to do, like, stabby stuff, like, not violent yeah, yeah, crimes, yeah, yeah. but often are expected to do things like... poisony stuff. <laughs> yeah, poisony stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's so interesting. Like, she walked into that stereotype. Like, she just walked right into it. <laughs> like, low labor. <laughs> low yeah, labor low labor. Cases. Yeah, because I guess according to like literature like research and whatnot like women are just we don't have the tendency for violence the way men have right so the fact that she poisoned a whole bunch of people is not very surprising Mm. but i am still surprised that she was given death role because she's a woman yeah trying to think of like a famous female criminal in Japan, but I can't. I know, it's it's really difficult. So I can't even compare if like her sentence or death row is like a big thing or not. Precisely. It's it's just very difficult. Okay, if anyone out there has like a list <laughs> or know several female, I guess, killers and stuff, like let us know. I think we've only covered like two female killers. Mm-hmm. We've only done two, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I was trying to remember who the two are. <laughs> Didn't you cover them? 
<laughs> I did. Uh, I know one was the rip the baby out of the womb lady. Uh-huh. And then another one was the poisoning was, ones, right? Yeah, like she, uh, she was a nurse, right? She poisoned a whole bunch of people. Mm. We really need to create an Excel sheet with all the crime stories we've covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, so on June 28, 2005, the Osaka High Court upheld her death sentence. But her mm-hmm. lawyers insisted on her innocence as, as they argued that there was only circumstantial evidence and then on April 21st, 2009, the Supreme Court of Japan rejected her final appeal. Okay. And, yeah. So in July 2009, Hayashi formally petitioned for a retrial and the Wakayama District Court rejected her petition in March 2017. And mm-hmm. then she appealed to Osaka High Court by April 2017, but the re- request was rejected. And then a Third petition for retrial was filed in June 2021. Oh my god. She's okay. <laughs> How old is she now, by the way? 59. It's still quite young though. Yeah, she wow. is. Yeah, so this case, other than her refiling again, it, it the case reappeared in the news again, but it's mm-hmm. for a tragic reason. Oh my god, okay. So on June 9, uh, a 37-year-old woman had taken her own life from the Sky Gate Bridge R, which is a long bridge that acts as a link between the mainland of Osaka and Kansai International Airport. So the woman was carrying her four-year-old daughter when they fell off the bridge, and oh. both were confirmed dead after they were found by emergency personnel in the water below the bridge. Oh my god, okay... So, you know, thinking like, what has this tragic incident have to do with the curry case? So yeah. it was... Huh? I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. It's tragic, but, right? Shit, what? is it like the lady's daughter? I'm... <laughs> so, it was found that the woman was the eldest daughter of Hayashi <gasps> Masumi. Oh my god, I got it right! Holy shit, okay. Yeah. And that's not it. This story becomes more tragic. So, oh my god, okay. Hours before, the woman's eldest daughter was confirmed dead after she was found beaten inside her residence in Wakayama City. Beaten? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, okay. And then later in the day, her husband was found at the side of the road after an apparent suicide attempt. Okay. Yeah. So The plot is thickening, <laughs> Honda. Yeah, so this whole incident began around 2.20pm on June 9 when the 37-year-old woman, um, she telephoned the emergency services from her mm-hmm. home. So then she said her daughter had been spitting up blood and then she's collab- she collapsed and is unconscious. Yeah, okay. so the 16-year-old girl was later confirmed dead in a hospital and an examination revealed that there was bruising throughout her body, including her abdomen. So Reunite? no, she was beaten to death. Okay. So okay. the cause of death was shock due to external trauma. Oh god. I I cannot imagine being beaten to death. I know, right? So like <laughs> if you were to stab me or shoot me, I think you know, it's because I guess you can die immediately de- depending on where you're shot and where you're stabbed. But I guess like, you know, death comes faster. But being beaten to death, you know, it's like you feel every single blow. Mm-hmm. 
and it's just very slow and painful. Yeah, I just yikes. Yeah. So after the incident, the woman then like believed to be to have driven to the Kansai airport, and with her four-year-old daughter, her second mm-hmm. child, and they arrived at the bridge at around four p.m. And then the emergency personnel found the body forty minutes later. Wow. Yeah. So more about the husband. So the husband lives with them, and according to uh, a new source, the the man uh, rode inside the ambulance with her to the hospital. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he reportedly told the emergency personnel on the way to the hospital that he tried to hang himself but failed. Okay, like just casually, he's like, "Hey, I guess he was so stressed." Hang, then he's yes. like, "He was like saying, yeah, yeah." So after the like all these events, like the police try, um, they were planning to question the man over suspected ill treatment of the girl because mm-hmm. a child, yeah. So because the child consultation center reported in twenty thirteen that um she was being abused by her parents. Okay. Yeah. So they. The case did got investigated and the family did receive support, but I guess the father still had like abusive tendencies even after mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. And so I mean it was this is quite like a recent case, like June 9. So not much info has come up from then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess a lot of people were just more focused on how she's related to the curry incident like suspect like I mean the the criminal yeah but it's just it's so tragic though Mm. I mean like this lady lost her first daughter and then she took her own life with her second Second child child as well yeah I just wish she could have left her second child somewhere else but I guess because she felt like you know there's nothing left to live for the kind of thing also because I guess I mean, I we don't know the circumstances of like why she wanted to commit suicide, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, her life isn't easy being the daughter of a criminal, especially. Yeah, I mean, there's that as well. Especially in a country like Japan, where I'll get into it. Soon. Okay, yeah, but I was just thinking, like, it's it's just so sad that maybe her thought process was, it's so difficult to live, and she doesn't want her child to go through yeah, the same yeah. thing. Oh, there's no point in her child having to grow up without a mother, that kind of thing. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God. This is really sad. Okay. Yeah. So, remember you were saying how she's, it's quite rare for like a woman to receive mm-hmm. a death sentence. So, Hayashi Masumi is like quite interesting because, you know, usually you would expect a person being accused of such a heinous crime to try to act innocent or to at least act in a more how do you say? Believable, like, innocent way? Or, like, like, you know... At least try to make it look like you're innocent. Yeah. Okay. But she was the opposite of that. Oh. So, because of her behaviour, the whole nation was convinced that she was the culprit. And also because of how the media, like, sensationalised the incident. Mm. What did she do, though? Was she just very loud and, like, aggressive? Yeah, she was not womanly. For like basically there we go there we go japan in a <laughs> nutshell if you don't act womanly 
you have no rights because women already don't have rights there. Sorry, Honda. But then there was this like one incident, especially that um, mm-hmm. like a lot of people like remember of her. So after like the curry incident and when she was known as the suspect of the crime, so the mm-hmm. media swarmed her house. Mm-hmm. And in reaction to like the horde of um, reporters, she, she used the hose and sprayed water on the reporters. And then I think that's she, completely fair of her. Like they're trespassing. But as she did that, she told them it's just water. Uh, I mean she killed four people But like we stand a girl boss So if you google her You can actually find photos of her smiling Oh wow So in which was seen as her being unapologetic And convinced I mean, yeah, that obviously. she was guilty and, of, and her history of like insurance fraud Didn't also help her to look innocent mm. And also like reports emerged Of how she had even poisoned her own husband To collect insurance money Yeah Yeah so this is the Photo of her spraying the oh reporters. Oh my god, she looks like just she just looks like a neighbor auntie. <laughs> yeah, so she looks like you know unapologetic. She really looks like a regular lady. Yeah, like these photos are like what you see of her, like her smiling and being like not acting like she's guilty. So public perception, I think, played very heavily in this case. Yeah, actually, it's quite interesting because like for a lot of like people who get convicted right the way you show yourself to the media plays Mm -hmm. a huge part because you can move people to sympathize with you or you can completely flip it 180 and have everyone turn against you it's so it's so fascinating i think that's also why in a way like a lot of us grow up wanting to please other people. It's in order to gain acceptance from larger mm-hmm. society because no one wants to be the outcast and nobody wants to be like perceived or viewed to be, I guess, like a bad person or villainous in any way. I mean, yeah. And especially like for women. Like, especially for women. There's this other case. Um, in the famous The Dingo Ate My Baby case mm-hmm, Familiar you know? Oh yeah yeah So Because Yeah so In the end The mother's child Was really taken away by a dingo Which is like mm-hmm. a wild dog In yes, Australia Yes in Australia yes Yeah and A lot of people Didn't really believe the mother Because of how Cold and calm she was And not a, Like a hysterical Mother who lost yeah. a child so, yeah, a lot of that kind of gender bias plays heavily. Yeah, particularly for women. I mean, I mean, there's a whole thing about how women are perceived to be, like, assholes if they don't smile. <laughs> a bitch. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, a straight-up bitch. Like, we, we are supposed to be, I mean, like, the term using... resting bitch face is also very gendered. Yes, unfortunately, I have a chronic case of it. I mean, me too. A lot of people say I have an IVF. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but it's like holy shit! Like this, that is also not applied to men. No one ever goes to a man and be like, "Hey, you're resting douche face." Yeah, <laughs> we are making it a thing. Resting douche face. R D F. Well, was interesting, but like, okay. So, on the other hand, this also kind of reminds me of like, you know how they say if you are an innocent person when you're being interrogated. 
an innocent person tends to be like aggressive in the sense where they they're trying to prove that they're mm-hmm. innocent, they're like appalled, the kind of thing. But then like guilty people also do the same. And like okay. I often think, I often think, what would happen if I get <laughs> called in for an interrogation? Right? Like I think my body language would tell the officers that I'm so guilty, but in reality, it's just extreme anxiety about being caught. Yeah. And I mean, like put in jail for how you commit. Depends on how sharp they are. If they can tell the difference between nervousness and anxiousness with like guilty, like like you know, behavior. Yeah, I know. It's just that like when you when you like watch, I guess, um, like an innocent person like really like try to prove that they're innocent and like somebody guilty who's just like, no, I didn't do anything. They look kind of similar. So I guess maybe it really is like, you know, officers really have to go through like thorough training and like examinations and stuff to see the difference. But my goodness, like the way you react really can make or break you. Mm -hmm. Like in the Dingo in my baby case, it could be just like her reaction because of extreme shock. The fact that this terrible incident has happened to her some people don't react by like crying and stuff. Some people completely shut down. So maybe that's what happened to her. Like she completely shut down. Yeah. And also because she was very fashionable. Yeah. So it's just. And she she took care of her appearance. So people thought that, you know, she she's not distraught at all. Because she doesn't look like the distraught mom. It's the misogyny <laughs> that but, spices up these cases. Yeah, I'll send you a link to the, doc- the short documentary I watched. It was quite interesting. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah so other than this gender bias thing mm-hmm. that played in this case, so I did mention about how it's hard to be a child of a criminal. And this yes. is especially so in Japan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, until now, her husband and her son are actually very vocal and arguing that she is innocent. And the son Koji told a reporter about how he and his siblings were bullied at the orphanage after his parents had been arrested. Oh my god. Yeah. So when they returned to their family home, the walls were vandalized with graffiti, with threatening messages, and also calling them murderers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then months later, the house was burned down by an arsonist. Oh my god. Holy <laughs> shit. Wow. Yeah, so his audio you know, continued even after he left the facility to live on his own. And as he started working, um, Koji did his best to hide from his colleagues about who his mother was. But yeah, he, he, yeah he was working at a restaurant. Oh no. And his employer the one day... Irony. I know, that's why. So... Yeah, his employer one day found out about his family and indirectly pressured him to quit. So the owner told him, you do realise you working here raises sanitary problems, right? Implying yeah, because that, he carries yeah. around a vial of cyanide <laughs> to spice up the food. Yeah, so implying that Koji's association with like his curry poisoning mom case mom. Yeah, will, be the, will put the restaurant's food safety, food safety reputation at risk. That's so bullshit. I'm so mad on his behalf. Yeah. I mean, it's not... This kind of thing is really not uncommon in Japan where family members of the accused are harassed. And 
it's like known as like guilty by association. So mm. yeah, family members can't come out and share the stories like what you see in documentaries from like Western countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so they would hide and live in anonymity to avoid harassment. So they can actually um, change their names more easily because of all these harassment they would eventually face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so usually family members, even like the husband and uh, son, they go by a different name from what they were originally named. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this case gives you a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah, society really sucks though. Like, like societal stigma, you... gender bias, gender issues. <laughs> Yeah, like, why do you have to carry the sins of your parents? Why should you be persecuted for what they did? Mm. You you didn't do anything. You were innocent. It's just it's such a crappy situation. And that's why, like, the trauma, like, the kids face, maybe, you know, kind of had a factor in why she chose to take her own life with her, her second child, her four-year-old yeah. daughter. Like, yeah. you know, worried that her daughter would be harassed her whole life like she was. Mm. And especially because she's a kid, like, man, kids reflect what the adults around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if they're, their family members, like their parents or whatnot, tell them about how this child's grandmother did something, they're not going to hold back when they bully the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so crappy. Yeah, this is... The curry poisoning case. Thank you, Honda. Now we will think twice before eating curry. <laughs> JK, I love Japanese curry. It's so good. I want like, Indian curry. I haven't eaten no, I haven't eaten biryani in a while. The way I'm sick of Indian curry and you're probably sick of Japanese curry and like I'm telling you. Like, I love Japanese food and Honda loves Indian food. And it's just... <laughs> oh, it's so eat. ironic. I want to <laughs> Yeah, but even if I ask Chris where is good... Where, 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 like, I good really wouldn't know. <laughs> I really wouldn't know. Like, for real, the only biryani that, like, I genuinely, like, can eat is homemade. Like, my parents' is one of my grandmother's biryani. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't trust store-bought biryani. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to find, like, a good one. Some places are good, lah, but I, I also don't know. Maybe I'll ask my parents and see what they say. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, we need to cover more female killers. Because mm-hmm. I think the psyche is just so interesting. Yeah, and I guess response to the case is also very different from like mm-hmm. male killers. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a male version of like groupies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never heard about that. You know? It's quite interesting. Like male fans or female killers. Yeah. I, I mean, the opposite of that, you can see quite a, a lot, but. Yeah. Which, I wonder, way, yeah, I wonder, if seri- I wonder if female killers receive fan letters from like men. I wonder. They'll be like, hey, you were so hot as you like <laughs> killed 15 people. 
I like think about you every night. Like, you're a queen. Oh my god, you're a queen. I will treat <laughs> you like a royalty. Ew. <laughs> That's gross. Oh my god. Okay. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and click that follow button on Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and whatever podcast platform you listen to. And you can follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Share us a message or send us a story if you'd like. You can also email us at hiddenamongustree at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.